Well, ladies and gentlemen out there resting with Eagles land, we are at the point of the weekend where the tryptophan is wearing off slightly. You ventured back out into the kitchen for that third or fourth or fifth helping, in some cases, of Thanksgiving leftovers. Or in the case of our new mate from across the pond in Birmingham, just food. Um, and it's that time in Wrestling with Egos Land where we gather around for another course of wrestling infotainment. I am one of your hosts this week. I'm the intellectual shape of the wrestling masses, Brian. I am joined by the big man, Isaac. And I am joined by the international representative to the delegation of Wrestling with Egos, Katie Hinken. How are you, all gentlemen? Good to go. Good to go. Excited to be here. Let's do this. Banging, banging. Much more awake than I should be at 3.03 a.m. Yes, there is a time difference, as we've underscored before. This is this is the Lean Mean Wrestle Talking Machine on the interwebs known as Wrestling with Egos. However you consume our content, we appreciate it, whether it's on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, um, or Anchor. We appreciate all the interaction. Um, tonight, we're going to do a little current events because we're in smack dab in the middle of some important wrestling events on the landscape, one of which happened last weekend, AEW's Full Gear, which some significant things went down at. We'll unpack mm-hmm. that here in a minute. And WWE is getting your boy to tune in tomorrow night for the premium live event known as Survivor Series when originally he wasn't planning on it. As recently as three weeks ago, I was just going to check it, you know, a couple (laughs) days after it happened and stuff like that. But now some events have been added, some names have been added, and some things are going down that I'm interested to see what's going on. Um Gentlemen, I guess we'll start with full gear. Uh, a couple significant things happened. The first one, you, I'm going to go somewhere you might not expect. Okay. There was, I mean, there was a lot of things on this show. As it's per the norm for AEW right. many ways to go. We have a new, no longer interim, AEW Women's Champion. And her name is Jamie Hayter. Uh, Thunder Rosa officially, you know, came on. I, I don't know if he, she came on on dark or came on on uh, programming this week and officially relinquished the championship. And they made an announcement she... that Jamie Hayter is now the official. You know, yeah, I don't think Thunder Rosa has been on anything like and done anything official on the program. Okay. Um. For the uninitiated, Thunder Rosa is a dear friend of show. She's a subscriber. She's an occasional watcher. Um, it's unfortunate the things that are going on with her. Uh, I know she's dealing with some injuries. She's dealing with some fatigue. Uh, she's dealing with some uh, backstage politics, I guess, you know, to, you know, if I just want to be vague about it. But Jamie Hader is somebody – pardon me, Katie – there's always backstage politics, though, ain't there? Yeah, there, there always is. Uh, even on this show. No, nah, not really. Um, <laughs> on, on everything. We're not going to... We don't, we don't talk about that, just like we don't talk about Bruno. Anyway. Right. <laughs> um, I'd like to get your thoughts, gentlemen, on where you see Jamie Hayter going from here as the champion, um, what kinds of feuds you're looking forward to seeing her have, and more importantly... How long do you think she realistically can hold on to the championship? Um, I mean, she could hold on to it for a while because it's one thing that AEW seemed to do is only hot shot it as much for titles. Especially the women's one as well. Um, I don't know how I feel about Jamie Hayter being um, the champion, though. It's just nothing storyline-wise that's happened, really. It's kind of put her to that point i know it's because all the fans have been getting behind doing stuff and i get why kind of but that's my only i don't i don't know how i feel she's gonna get about a six she's gonna get about a six month run mm. with the title she's gonna get 
And eventually it's going to come down to her and Britt Baker. Because if you saw the interview that, you know, she was originally supposed to have, Britt grabs a mic and Britt's going to get in her feelings because the spotlight's not on her. Yeah. And everything's got to be about Britt Baker. And it's got to be about me, 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 me. And you can see they're they're setting it up, and you can see they set it up with the first interview. That's what's the, that's just what's going to happen. I feel um, like they should have been setting it up for longer. They kind of jumped on that quickly, though. I feel, or they could have waited a bit, at least a couple of months down the line. You know. Well, it's, they're going to put that first and foremost because because of Bruce's relationship with Tony Khan, and instead of put instead of delaying it for. A couple weeks. Oh no, no, we're gonna we're get, we're getting into this right now. I mean, yes, Tony Storm is gonna put her over um, in the next couple weeks. We all know that because that's the right thing to do. Um, I wish Thunder Rosa nothing but the best. I hope she comes back quickly. I'm excited for her to come back, um, and she comes back with the attitude of luck. I never lost the belt, legitimately. Yeah. It was because of something else. So I deserve a first shot, whether whoever might be um, up at the time um, and go from there. Uh, I think that that's, that's a good thing. I, I want to see where they take it, but they don't have many people that they have in that division that can really go. And that's why yeah. I'm excited for Jamie because I've been screaming for depth in the women's division for a long time. And now that Jamie has proven, okay, I've got the chops in the ring first and foremost. Because we've decried so many of the women's talent in AEW because they're just they just are not up to par in the ring. You know, your sure, yeah. your Kiara Hogan's and your yeah, all and all the they've also been booked terribly as baddies well. that are with Jade Cargill and stuff like that. And Jade Cargill is getting better, but again, you're nowhere near being able to spin into a program with the women's champion and be credible. Um, you know, one thing that I thought was quite good about Full Gear, though, actually, specifically, um, I didn't realize it till after there was actually three women's matches on that show, which for AEW. That's, that's yes. on the proper show. That's where, like, yes, that's. And they all they all had a reason to be there too. It's a step in the right direction. It's not just a match for the sake of a match. It's there's a storyline. There's yeah, you know, they were good as well, all of them. Because I like I like Jade Cargill as well. Uh, you do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the day when she, she's still new. I think so. I think it's good she got the TBS rather than the women's title as well. What is it? I, I, I want I want to give Katie a chance to defend that take. What is it that you see in her that gives you the belief that she's going to be a good one someday? I mean, I mean I'm not saying she's going to be a good one. Like, look at her like you look at Goldberg. You don't – he's got a look to him. You know, he's different uh, when he, you know, was popping up at the time. Like, he, he stood out. She just stands out. Don't imagine she's going to be an amazing wrestler at any point. She might be. I don't know. But okay. I, we're just, I mean, I'm just not used to that kind of a take on this show. Because generally speaking, anyone that's been on this show has, you know, turned up their nose at, at the thought of mm. Jade Cargill. And that's putting it nicely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump in right here on that. I think she's still green. Um, mm. And they're putting her with people that really can't go because when you put her in um, on the match against you know a Tony Storm or you put her in with Soraya or Thunder Rosa they're or, gonna, Rose. or you know you know you put her in with experienced athletes that are that are ring generals as I want to call it or Brit they're gonna they're gonna really the difference is going to really show up. Mm-hmm. And the difference that this person can really be in the match and this person really shouldn't even be in the damn building. 
that's the way I look at it. And you're throwing wall, you're throwing me to a wolf and saying, oh, because she has the body of a Greek goddess, that's why we have the belt on her. And the way I look at it, Katie, you may feel differently, but that I don't think that just because you have the body type, you know. It's not, no, it's not just that though. But I know what you mean. But she she needs to put the work in. She's green as hell at the moment. Yeah. Like, no denying that. Uh, she, she's got very good, Um, uh, like, you can tell she's an athlete. Do you know what I mean? If she puts her time in, I could imagine she'd be quite good. she got, like, uh, just a good, like, I don't know, it sounds weird to say, a good body for it. You can well, just... She, you can still need a couple of years to develop. Yeah. To be yeah, that yeah. And, I don't, and she, she... And for me... Me personally, she ain't there yet. Oh no, she ain't there yet. I think she'd do a lot better in WWE, like especially in NXT, for example. I think she developed so much quicker and better there. Yeah. Especially right now with how it carries on in WWE, you know, Triple H and all that. The the uh I don't want to say like the you know, going from NXT up to top WWE, you know, you can actually see the progression trail of that. Like, Whereas in AEW, you're just kind of out there and you're learning on the job and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned Soraya a second ago. Like, I would hate to... I do not want to see her face Jade Cargill. I feel like Jade Cargill would probably break her. Uh, there's not yeah, many... Yeah, those two don't need to be anywhere near each other. No. There's not I mean, many she Soraya needs from. to be in there with people who will take care of her, number one, first and foremost. You know. They have you the skills to do it. Even though you watch the, if you if you saw the media scrum on YouTube, Soraya, I, I thought was very eloquent about you know all the procedures she went through and all the tests she went through to make sure that if I do this, what's the risk and is it a low risk? Is it you know that kind of thing? Because that's was my biggest concern when she came back was that is this a good idea? Because I guess I didn't realize the extent to which she was messed up before um moving on really quick to the next thing on my bullet list are we surprised that the elite is now down two to nothing to death triangle in this best of seven series for the uh trios title i did not know that it was made a best of seven until i i tuned into dynamite wednesday night um and to the point where I was messaging RJ, who is a contributor to this show and the chief AEW apologist on this show, um, <laughs> and I asked him, since when did this become a best of seven thing? But before he could get back to me, the commentator said, because of the, you know, mm. the way that the Death Triangle won at full gear with the, the hammer and all that kind of stuff. It still doesn't make sense because we're still going to acknowledge that win. It's just now you've got to win a couple more as well. Right. But they, they did say it at full gear, though. To yeah. Be fair to them. So I guess it's a two-part question. You know, how do we feel about the Elite being back now and how do we feel about them being down 2 nothing? And is it going to matter in the long run? Are they eventually going to get these titles after however many, maybe like a winner is coming or whatever the next big event is? Um, I mean, it? no, I'm not surprised that they, what was the first question again we'd asked? How do we feel that they're back now? Oh, yeah. Um, to be honest, as soon as the match was announced, I was thinking they can't just take the titles off Death Triangle, but they're going to just take the titles off Death Triangle. And that didn't happen. And I was thinking, oh, how are they going to take the titles off Death Triangle now? Oh. So oh, the fact... seven. Okay. Yeah. So it's like they're waiting as long as possible for the Elite to just win everything. Because uh, you need to get four, don't you, to win? Yeah, so the best of seven series is the first person to get four. Yeah, so they'll lose the next one. And then the Elite will win everything after that. Part of me hopes it doesn't go that way because I'm so tired of best of sevens in wrestling. Why? It feels, yeah, that's cool. No best, no, best of sevens in wrestling going this way where somebody wins the first three because mm. it telegraphs. You know, Katie, I'm about to bring up something that Isaac can't stand when I bring it up. 
because it involves the best <laughs> of seven. Uh, it involves the World Series in 2016. Oh, God! <laughs> I'm, I'm, about to fu- I'm about to leave. Because that's it, it, that's it, it, it would figure thing, the year it? that my team, my favorite baseball team ever, the Chicago Cubs, it would figure the year they make it to the World Series. I hate you. We had to play Cleveland. Which is where we're all, you know, all of us are from the Cleveland area. Mm. And at the time they were called the Indians, now they're called the Guardians because they had a franchise name change a while back. Doesn't we lost the first PC. game in the series. And then we won game three. We lost game four. Wound up winning games five, six, and seven to win the World Series. And it was one of the happiest moments of my life. That's how a best of seven <laughs> should happen. I don't, I, I be, but now Isaac, maybe correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I know WCW did a ton of best of sevens. Did they all go with that formula or were they a little bit more evenly matched to where there was some conjecture as to who's going to take it? Who's going to take it? Okay, there was a best of seven between a person who we, who we will not name. We know who that person is and the other person being Booker T. And this, they went one for one, two for two. Okay. All the way up to seven, which was just phenomenal. And I'm, and these, these two guys, Booker T and the person who will not be named. Um, I'm trying to think who this is. I, I, I figured out it's either Voldemort or Dexter Lumis. I'll, I'll say who it is. We don't like to mention Chris Benoit's name on here because of what. Oh, happened. yeah. And that. And, that's, and I'm sorry for those people that are just now watching you like, who the hell is he talking about? I'm talking about Chris Benoit. Um, Chris Benoit versus, versus Booker T. And both of those it, guys. If, yep. if people don't know who Chris Benoit is watching this, then after you finish this episode, load up YouTube, watch one of the many True Crime documentaries. Actually, right. watch the True Crime documentary about this on this channel run by this sexy dude called KD Comedy Inc. There's a whole <laughs> little... Podcast about it. That's one you can listen to. But I digress. Sorry. Carry on. Generally speaking, you know, we we understand the in ring work that he did, but we generally speaking don't bring his name up because of reasons. Oh, um, I think that's but, but I guess my my whole point is when in a best of seven in wrestling, when somebody takes the first three, it's so blatantly obvious. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, what's about to happen? And I feel like. You strain credibility the more you do it that way. Hmm. So the elite should probably win the next one, or even the next two, in my opinion, to make it must-watch television, to make some kind of put some kind of seeds of doubt in your mind. Like, yeah, okay, fine, the elite are inevitable. They get every championship anyway because they're the EVPs and yada 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 yada. But yeah, we know how the book how the story ends. At least make me not want to push the fast forward button. Or the scan button, or whatever. When I'm watching it back, you know, because I recorded it, because I was working or whatever. Right. Um, and there's some purely selfish reasons for this too. Every time I see Ray Phoenix on my television, that man does something I've never seen in a wrestling ring before. He's got to be one of the most creative minds there is right now in wrestling, bar none. And yeah, I'll tell you how I feel about him as well, though. Um, you mentioned earlier, like, with Soraya, um, it's the same thing with Daniel Bryan, like, the certain wrestlers that have hurt themselves, like, the neck especially, and every time you watch them again since, my dog's, like, dying down there, every time you watch them again since, um, you're worried that they're going to, like, just break again, you just constantly got that worry. Yeah. Ray Phoenix, because of all the stuff he does, I'm constantly worried that he's just going to break he landed on his head so many times. I don't think he's ever really got that injured that we've seen, like during AEW, for example. He got little injuries, but not, not as bad as they should have done. It, it's a very dangerous style of wrestling. I mean, the Lucha style just inherently lends itself to that, unfortunately. I mean, we've seen it over and over again with Rey Mysterio and the times that he's had to be out for periods of time. And, you know, I'm sure there's some other Luchas that I'm, that I'm forgetting about you know, that that have had horrific injuries and things like that. But Mm. Ray, Ray Phoenix to me is just a treasure and should be protected at all costs. 
Tony Khan. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Um, you know. Um, you stop doing so much of the crazy stuff and like him being like a singles champ would be great. I still think Death Triangle is also put in that category with those guys are phenomenal athletes. Yeah. yeah. And they they need to be protected and done the right way to just sit there and watch the magnificent. Was it Ray Phoenix? Was it two years ago that he had the singles match with Nick Jackson that blew everybody's mind? I think it was because Matt was sick or Matt was injured or something like that. And they just had, they were putting match together on the fly and Ray said, well, let me wrestle Nick. And it was a match of the year candidate. It was like, it was like the end of the year thing too. We had to like kick off. I, I think we had to like get one of our nominees for the, the match of the year out and put that one in. You know, it, it might've been more recent than that as well, because wasn't it the first time it, like they'd ever, faced which was a surprising thing about it this was 2020 as i recall because it was, was it? there was this was back when they were at daily's place and there was like 20 people in the building and stuff oh, yeah, like yeah. that must have been there, yeah. yeah um and then i oh isaac i don't know did you really give give your thoughts on the elite situation like because i know we got on sidetracks about baseball and about yeah to bring that up well um, you know for context, yeah. it's, it, you know. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm not really happy to see the Elite back just yet. I think the Elite should have been out for at least a couple more months um, to build up, you know, anticipation for them coming back. I think there should have been a little bit more. Tony Khan should be like, look, this is the your, exec, your EVPs. You're supposed to set the you're supposed to set the bar, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on in WWE with Vince and all that other junk and blah blah blah. You need to be better, and we need to be better, and we need to set the example. We need to set the bar, and you get into the fight with you know the champion after he wins, after all the other stuff. This is not this is not what we want. This is not conducive to us. Punk um, threw the first punch, didn't you know, just to remind myself. I'm sorry? Did Punk throw the first punch or was this? We still have um, no idea. I swear I heard that it was... I can't remember now. Doesn't matter. You got into it. You know, but you're... you're it doesn't really matter. You know, your, your talent can sit there and say whatever they want to say to you, but you have to be bigger. You know, if you own the company, you better, you better sit here and be able to still take some punches mm. and not flip off at the you know, pop off at the mouth and be the best. You got to be the bigger person, even though you don't want to be the bigger person. Right. Um, and that's, that's where I have a problem with. Um, am I, am I excited in the best of seven? Uh, you know, it's going to be some phenomenal matches. So I'll be excited to see. And one of them, and I think, I really think that the last match, number seven, is going to be mat- one of the matches of the year that we're going to talk about at the end of this year. Um, but, you know, I think they should have held off on it. You know, they're eventually going to get it because they get everything. And the only time they ever put somebody over is Private Party. That was in the first week that they were on TV. Right. You know, the first year they didn't win anything, and then it was like you knew it was coming at some point, but they were just going to start winning everything. And fair enough as well, because you knew it was going to come at some point. They were some of the biggest stars. Which leads us to the generational talent, mm. Mm. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, <sighs> becoming your new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, I'm going to go first because my take might surprise you. I felt like it was a little, a, a small bit anticlimactic with Regal sliding him the brass knucks and Regal now supposedly aligned with him as much as anybody can align themselves with Maxwell Jacob Friedman um, because you align yourself with him at your own peril. Um, This is a case for me of the buildup being better than the payoff. Because for about four months now, 
right under our noses. This man played the fans like a Stradivarius. In some cities, he worked face, and in some cities, he worked heel, and in some mm-hmm. in some cities, he straddled the line, and he tried to curry favor with people. And oh, I've got I've got the firm. Oh no, I don't. I I fired them, and I've got Stokely Hathaway, and no, I fired him too, and and all this stuff. And I can't remember a, a, another example of a guy. Maybe this is recency bias. Playing both ends of the spectrum so expertly. And, you know, to the point where it's inevitable this guy has to become champion this time around. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was the inevitability of it all. But when I saw how it went down, when I saw the finish with Regal in the press next, I'm like, really? Really? But that was the one guess, thing I assumed was going to happen the whole time. Like as soon as he said, "I'm not going to use the diamond ring," I was like, oh, "Okay, he's using the brass knuckles then." Like it works perfectly. So that was the one bit I was okay with. But I, I kind of feel the same as you, and I don't know why. Once again, exactly. This is a feeling I've been getting from AEW a lot lately. It's like this stuff feels anticlimactic. That's probably the, a very good way to put it. To be fair, it's just not as good in execution as it should be on paper. MJF is another one, like, because I was, because he's awesome. But but to be fair, then, I tuned in Wednesday night because I wanted to hear what MJF had to say, and sure enough, he wasn't there, and I'm like, here we go again. I mean, it's just. Okay, spoiler alert for those people that don't know. We all know that MJF won. Now, for some people. Other people will sit here and say, some someone on this show called it. Yes, I'm talking about you, Patrick. Patrick said <laughs> this is what exactly was gonna happen. And what happened? Exactly what Patrick said. I'm not gonna sit here and play bias about it. I'm gonna sit here and say he called it, he called it early. He said this was gonna happen. And yes, you were right. Cheers to you. I'll give you that. <laughs> I will, I will, as they say, I will give you your flowers now because you called it right. You called it early. Um, KD, one thing you're going to learn about working with me is that I am not so good at peeling back the layers of the onion. I'm a very like surface guy and oh, well, it's got to be this way. And, it, and I can't like, you know, see things coming from a mile away like Isaac and Patrick sometimes can. Well, that could be partly too as well, though. Growing up, like, as any wrestling fan, like, but I mean, I don't know what you guys specifically watch more of. But for example, if you're a WWE fan, you've grown up to not bother looking at those little things a lot of the time, you know, because nothing would be paid off. To be I mean, most of the times when you sit here and you watch, uh, whether it be WWE or you watch formerly WCW or you watch um you know ECW or you watch world class championship wrestling or you watched another era and you stood there and said I never saw that coming. Um I think the first heel you know face turn that I ever saw was Andre the Giant on Hulk Hogan back in WrestleMania three. But that was that's as far as, and I was just sitting here like, oh my God, what the hell? And oh my God, you know. But I get it. I understand it. I do, you know, I see it coming. We all knew MJF was eventually going to be champion. We all knew that. He always should have been. You know, we all knew that was coming down the pipes. Um, and I just kept saying to myself, what's going to happen after Regal turns? And what's going to happen to the Blackpool Combat Club? Because I'm really loving them right now. Now but that. I'm a, I'm that's a, the one issue, yeah. Excuse me. Let me just put that out there. With people. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Even though I didn't get MJF on Wednesday night, the interplay between Moxley and Brian Danielson and William Regal was like a Greek passion play. I felt how pissed off Regal, or uh, Moxley was. 
Yeah. And I know it, I know on some level it's, you know, we're, you know, we've got a script that we're following or we're just shooting from the hip and stuff like that. But there was some real anger there. Because if Regal has lived the life that he claims to have lived, he's certainly no choir boy. You know, um, and I guess I don't realize the degree, you know, the degrees of separation with him and a lot of these wrestlers. I did not know that he had history with MJF. I really didn't know that he had history with Moxley or Danielson, for that matter. But apparently, like, that was gripping television, you know. Well, I think a lot of it comes through NXT as well, doesn't it? Yes. So, a lot of it was also just because of the things that they related to outside of the ring, especially with um, Moxley having issues when yeah, it came yeah. to drinking and alcohol and you know, drug-related things. I'm not saying that he got into drugs, but William Regal, we all know, was into that stuff and alcohol, and he had a couple stints in rehab, and that's another thing that some they could definitely talk about. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you can tell when when shit gets real, and yeah, there was there was a lot. There was an element of realness when you can tell when. People are saying it to say it, and then you can tell when it's in somebody's heart when mm. the shit gets real. And and I used Soraya when she was talking to Britt Baker about how much she sacrificed and what she went through, and how she you know how she got through her drug addiction, how she got through when she had her um. Her video get released you know you could hear in her Would never watch that 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 shit was real you know and you know that was coming from the heart and that was that was real because just like anything else there's different levels when it comes to sacrifice Britt baker can talk about sacrifices she's made but they pale in comparison to somebody's quality of life being affected and potentially not being able to walk again Especially someone that age as well. Right. Um, we will transition here quickly to an event that is about to happen uh, mm. this weekend. Survivor Series is nigh. Um, and as Katie alluded to a couple minutes ago, they have brought the War Games format. Oh, I didn't say that correctly. War Games! War Games! Um, War Games! Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I'm, I'm the British one here, boys. i I, I got to do this. The, War Games! Nice. Nicely done. Um, going forward, anytime we need that so long. anytime we need that drop, you're doing it. Um, there's two reasons that I am tuning in to watch Survivor Series tomorrow night. Uh, the first reason is I get to see the next installment in the Finn Balor versus AJ Styles rivalry. Because, let's be real, ladies and gentlemen, that's a rivalry. It comes back around every couple of years, and it's like that Thanksgiving seconds and thirds and fourths is better the next day. It's better the two days from now than it is the day of. Let's be completely fair, though. I mean, it is a show where it's all about teams versus teams. That's the basics of Survivor Series. And both Finn Balor and AJ Styles both have a team built up. Four-person four team on each side, and they're having a singles match. Well, there's a reason for that. I think the reason for that is because Rhea Ripley's involved in the women's war games match. She didn't have to be, though. Fair. Um, meet him. I could take it, though, too. What did you say? Didn't really have anybody else that could slide in, the, in that spot except Rhea. True. Now, it rem- now yeah. tonight, I know they're supposed to announce who um, Bianca's fifth is. Yeah, I've, I've already seen it. Okay, no spoilers because I I, I want to be surprised, please. It's <laughs> oh, man, she's coming back. Awesome, dude. Yeah, cool. Way to go. Yay! If you want to press pause at this time, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not that technologically advanced, people. Um. So that match, I, I know Survivor Series is historically teams versus teams, but when you get two guys like that. And a singles match. I don't care what the circumstances are. Um, you know, 
mononucleosis gave us one of my favorite matches of all time, 2017 TLC, when it was Balor versus AJ. And they just said, let's just do this. And AJ's like, fine, I'll come and I'll do it. And it was... They took over for uh, Bray Wyatt with this. Yes, because yeah. there was a, a, a rash of mono went through the Raw locker room. So oh, SmackDown loaned AJ Styles. He, he flew to like Baltimore, wherever it was, for for that show, just for that reason. That's the what? other reason that I'm tuning in is the fact that my dude Kevin Owens has been added to the Brawling Brutes team uh, yeah. for their match against the Bloodline. Yeet, yeet. And also, yes. And I also <laughs> want to see if this might be the beginning of the cracks in the armor showing up on the bloodline. Because it seems like a good place for that to start. Okay. Um, let me comment on both of you, what you just said. AJ Styles, Finn Balor. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm like um we we any any Stevie one knows that's gonna be a damn good match. Um now when it comes to the you know he's writing a song about it right now as a matter of fact. Basically, when it comes to to Kevin Owens jumping in on that team, you know are they gonna sow the seeds? Hopefully, um are they gonna show some cracks in the armor? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and call it now. We all know Roman's Roman team is gonna win, but they're gonna they're gonna sow some seeds and see. You think that you think Roman's team wins despite what might go oh, down amongst them? Roman team's gonna win. We all I mean, please come on now. If it's I'm time to hang- I'll, I'll jump on next week, and I will say I was totally wrong. And I will admit it, but there were there are gonna be some little cracks in there with Jimmy Uso and Sammy and blah 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 and Kevin Owens is gonna sit here and Yeah. Do a little something. Um but we'll see what happens. You know, are they gonna sow the seeds that Roman might actually drop the belt come WrestleMania? Probably. I think none of them seeds are gonna be dropped at Survivor Series. You know, they they're they're just so they're just putting the seed out there and saying this is what happened, so they can go back and look back and say, you remember when I did, you know, da 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 back in the. So, we'll see what happens with that. It's I'm sitting be- here trying to think of a way that Roman could be eliminated. It's first pin. Not have him look weak. War Games is first pin. No, War Games is. Oh, is it just first one pinfall? Yeah, because you wait for everyone to come in, and then it's just first pinfall. That's right, and then once everybody's in, that's when the actual match starts. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm a little foggy on my stipulations. Well, then it could Uh, be anybody taking the pin. It could be Solo taking the pin. uh, It could work quite well if it's uh, Sammy taking the pin, and that's the reason then for... Everybody turns on him. Yeah, and then like KO could save him, and then that could set up the Usos versus them for the titles. Just perfect to me, that is. Look at KD over here booking two months of WWE television. It could be a perfect build up to Mania. I mean, apparently The Rock's supposed to be coming back, but I don't know how upset that is. KD, I'm heard it from a lot of the. Like I'm, I'm such a rock mark as you can tell by looking over my left shoulder, um, you know. But even I think that ship has sailed. If he shows up, I'll be happy. I'll be pleased as punch. But I'm not. There's other matches that I would rather see at this point. I would have loved to see the Rock versus Roman three years ago, four years ago, and maybe um, if COVID hadn't happened, we would have seen it already. But. I don't know the one. The one best thing, the uh, out of everyone, Roman benefited from COVID the most. He came back and he was just greatness on I mean, a different level. That, that's true. He he definitely did. Um, so please watch Survivor Series. Um, I think it's going to be a great show. Uh, you can give us your opinions on Full Gear and Survivor Series by tweeting the show. At Wrestling X Egos, your email on the show, wrestlingwithegos at gmail.com. 
Um, and now we've come to the part of the show where we are going to turn the spotlight on our newest member, Katie Hinken from Birmingham, England. Um, uh. Katie, if you want, what, before we get started, why don't you give them uh, all your socials and that sort of thing and plug anything you got that you're working on right now? Uh, everything is um, via KD Comedy Inc. on um, can't think where it's all available now. Facebook, Spotify, uh, YouTube, all the usual stuff. There's videos on YouTube, video podcasts. There's just podcasts on the other one. The stuff in places. Find them there. <laughs> Very nice. And I, I I am ready to be grilled. Like a vegan burger, I am prepared. Okay, well, I got the spatulas and the am, tongs and everything ready to go here. Um, I'm fully processed. We'll start off with a softball. What is it that makes you a fan of wrestling? Or, or how would you describe your wrestling fandom, as it were? Uh... Like, like an abusive relationship. Go a little deeper than that. <laughs> well, I need you to unpack that. It, it, I, I've always remembered being there. I can't imagine not being with it, but it constantly annoys me, especially years ago. It's got a bit better lately, but years ago, nothing it did would make sense to me, and then something would be really good. And then something else would just annoy me for for ideas. Women Trying to find those diamonds in the rough. <laughs> I, I can't help but give it another chance. I just can't help but do it. When did it start to annoy you? I, it's annoyed me a lot over the time. Like, a well, lot of WWE of... booking. Um, but, I mean, I, I say one thing, for example, that annoyed me a lot. I think a lot of people made out that AEW was a lot better than it was for like the first year and a half. It didn't annoy me, but it was just one thing that I wasn't that into. I watched it all, but I wasn't that into it. What was it about the presentation for the first year and a half that you didn't like or that you didn't get with? <sighs> Isaac, be nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a media snob, and it's all the... Um, What's the word for it? Like, Production value? Yeah, like, not so much the value, but just it in practice, like the cuts and that and getting the timing right. You don't see any of that on WWE. Like, it's a well-oiled machine, you know, and you don't notice how good it is until you watch AEW. Before, they're a lot better thought, now. Isaac thought you were going in a completely different direction with that. Like, you were going to sit here and denigrate the good name of Hangman Adam Page and, you know... All these people. And Isaac, we brought that up on this show before. Patrick has mentioned on this show before how he wishes the camera people and the audio people on AEW would be, you know, got to let him finish the thought first before you just, you know, get your pitchforks out and everything like that. What do we do sometimes, too? I mean, they did it recently with uh, Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley. They missed her attack. Don't know whose fault that was. It was me, Yims, or um, the man behind the computer. I forget his name now, suddenly. What's his name? Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn. I don't know. He shares my initials. Is he still there, or did he leave? I can't remember. I think he's still there at the moment. I'm pretty sure he's embroiled in something else over there. As soon as he's finished with that, then I'll probably kick him. Right. Um, Katie, who is the first person you ever recall being a fan of wrestling-wise? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. um, we are officially stomped. Ladies and it, gentlemen, this is... Listen to this, listen to this commercial for Burger <laughs> Shave while Katie thinks of his first wrestling... It's hard... <laughs> It's hard to try and put it into a timeline. Like, that's the hardest bit about it. But, like, I guess some of the first people that stuck out to me would have been, like, Stone Cold. And, like, one of my early, when you was on about the earliest turn earlier that you remember, I think for me, one of the earliest ones is a double turn uh, with Bret Hart and Stone Cold. It's one of the earliest things that stick out. So. Okay. We talked like, about that match quite a bit on this show. That's. 
It'd one of like the better every, ones you can find. It, uh, it'd be like everything kind of past um, Hulk Hogan and all them, you know, like all the classic era. Just before we went out to you, though, so that kind of time. And then another important question I have, because I've been actually wanting to ask you this for about a month now. When you're talking about wrestling in the UK, the UK style, how, for, for our listeners, how can you explain the differences between that presentation and what we're used to here in the States? Um, there's a lot less money put into it. I mean, as far as the British wrestling style goes, I don't, a lot of it's just from what I've seen, like, because there's not that much wrestling to go and watch in that, and I don't really, I never really watch that much independent stuff. Um, like I do now a bit more, but not so much that. But I've, I'd say the only difference with British strong style is it's the same as Japanese, really, Japanese strong style. The same differences with that, with with the American style. I wouldn't even say the American style, though. It's like, um, like the more sports entertainer style, like WWE versus AEW, because they are very different styles. And I can't say which one of the two I prefer personally. Sometimes it, it fluctuates for me. That's why That's I've... Fair. Yeah, I, I've, I've never, like, hated AEW. Or anything. Um, I've always watched it. There's just been certain times when it's been more, especially at the beginning, more so um, when it was like a slug to get through it, you know, the chore. But I've, and so obviously it was WWE a lot of the time. So that's where it got annoying, you know, when it was like both of them going through laws. Gotcha. Um, we're gonna. Oh, Isaac, go ahead. Sorry. No. Um. I'm going to ask you, KD, since you started, I want to say, late 90s type of era, is there yeah, something like that? I'm sorry? Oh, I was agreeing. Um, is there someone in that era that you think could, that you would want to put in the era today, um, specifically any style, you know, any wrestler, any type of wrestler that would fit well into the wrestling styles that we're seeing right now. I tell you what, in AEW, um, doing like a, done about it earlier, doing the best of seven, uh, Brian Danielson with Bret Hart in his prime. That'd be amazing. That's, that would just be beautiful, that would. That would be. You know, because there, there, there would be less about the shenanigans and more just let's let's get down to business. And because mm. the amount of holds that Brian Danielson knows, you multiply that times the amount of holds that Bret Hart knows, and 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 you'd be take that by a third. Yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up here then, KD, by just you know, spitting some names out at you, and I just want to get your knee-jerk reactions about them. I got five names here. Um, John Cena. Better than people make case. It's fair. Funnier as well. Um, MJF. The future. Then if I'd say a generational talent, because there's so oh, many people. that because that's what he calls himself. I am oh, yeah. generational talent. I can't say I agree with him. There's so many people in the world right now. There's probably a couple of MJFs out there. We'll just never know about them. True. Um, CM Punk. Ah. Boo. Oh, okay. I thought he was I... kind of annoying when he left WWE. That was like the way he went and that. He was like, oh, okay, you're a bit of... I get it, but you're a bit of a dick then. And then everything in AEW... Just confirm that. Like, I still. When you say everything in AEW, or do you mean everything recently or everything? Well, more so than anything recently. Okay. Because um, for the first eight months of his run in AEW, it was bliss. 
Yeah, yeah, to be fair. And then it all went so horribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, broke the ship. You broke the bloody ship. The one thing I think about with that is like, imagine how Vince McMahon would have reacted to that. Vince McMahon in his prime, anyway. Um, like, he wouldn't have hit them, but I don't, from what I've heard, I'm sure, like, CM Punk didn't, uh, the, CM Punk threw the first punch, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Because if that's true, then, then being bosses, you can't really complain about, you know what I mean? It is more about who threw the first punch. That's interesting. And then, uh, Katie, since you were not able to be a part of our debate last week about these two gentlemen, I have to Mm. end this by asking your opinion first on Bret Hart. Uh, I mean, you know, I missed a lot of his peak stuff, really, because uh, the Montreal Screwjob and all that, like, I don't remember that. uh, But I know that happened, like, once I was at the beginning of me watching wrestling, you know. Okay. Because that, um, that was the fall of 97. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I wasn't aware of anything at that point. I was like six, you know, so I didn't take it in what was going on or anything. But, All right. Um, he's never coming on the show again. He was <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last time that you will hear from Unplanned. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brief, Ever. glorious run. Um, and... Since I asked you about Bret Hart, let me ask you about Shawn Michaels. Uh, sure. I was always a Shawn Michaels fan, you know. That was yeah, like I missed a lot of the Bret Hart stuff, but I was a big Shawn Michaels fan uh, growing up. Like he was like DX was very like much a big thing like growing up. My brother was always into Triple H more, and I was always into Shawn Michaels more. But I also loved like the Undertaker during the Attitude Era as well. Like his cult leader, Ministry of Darkness. It's like the best Undertaker for me, that is. So all of them at their peak, you know. I actually queued up, like last night, before I turned in for the night, I queued up the match that Undertaker had with Bret Hart at SummerSlam uh, in 97 when Sean was the, the special referee. And, oh, he was the shorts. Is that? Yeah. Well, no, that was no, that was for the that was for the Iron Man match with the Rock and Triple H. He had pants on for this one, but this is the one where oh, okay. his his pyro went off, and Jr. is like, oh, all the other referees are going to want pyro." <laughs> um, and then uh, Jerry the King Lawrence said, "Yeah, Dave Hebner would look good with a Roman candle behind him." Um, but I used to love when the Undertaker <laughs> would stand on the ring steps and just go like. Pop! And then the lights would come on, and you had that bang and stuff like that. Um, I'm gonna lie, that was the one part that annoyed me when I was younger. I get to the ring already, man. Are we up? Yeah. <laughs> didn't have didn't have the luxury of nowadays. Oh, that's one thing for me when I watch wrestling. Um, I generally watch it like I don't know, like an hour later than it's on, just so I can like skip through with the ten second button, get through okay. the bits that I want to get through. I never skip through like. Um, talking bits or matches generally. It's just sort of little adverts in between and stuff and the long entries sometimes. That's a bit of taste to make. Well, but when but when Roman Reigns and the Bloodline come out and that computer generated, you know, oh, treat, yeah, yeah. you have to you have to you can't fast forward that you have to acknowledge him, Katie. You have to... to... I'm not we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> not doing that well is it the JIS was saying again in, instead of acknowledge him? I was saying something else, and I forget what it was now. Um, oh, are you asking yeah. about the Jericho Appreciation Society, what they say? Yeah, yeah they started saying um, something similar. Because I love how they're doing little whips on it all. Appreci- appreciate us? Appreciate us, that's it, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. Jake Hager the other night wrestling in the purple hat against Orange Cassidy. <laughs> that was freaking hilarious. I did not know Jake Hager had that in him. Um, the only thing he's got in him right now. Well, yes, no, that's the only thing he got. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Katie, thank you for so much for being such a good sport. Uh, you yeah. passed with flying colors. We'll have you back next week. Uh, don't screw up. Just kidding. I'm um, happy to have taken this test. Yeah, I'm glad to have gotten a higher grade than I yes, did in the school. Grades will be posted on the class website uh, by the end of the weekend. Um, 
seriously, though, we want to thank uh, Isaac for his time tonight. We want to thank KD for his time tonight. Uh, you can, like I said, tweet the show. It's Wrestling with Egos uh, at Wrestling X Egos on Twitter. Uh, wrestling with Egos at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to give us a show topic idea, if you want to react to Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart debate that we had last week, which is going to be up on uh, YouTube and all that real soon. Um, is the debate who's better? Or it was a debate basically about because it's the one thing that Patrick and I have vociferously have argued about. Because um, generally we are in lockstep with each other. There's not a lot of you know conflict or anything like that. But he was over at my place back at the end of the summer, and we were kicking around show ideas. And he looked at me and he goes, "You know, we need a show where the two of us just have a knockdown drag out." You know, and he started, you know, just like spouting off takes like wrestling takes. And he looked at me and he goes, are you a Bret Hart guy or a Shawn Michaels guy? And I kind of thought about it from I said, you know, I've always kind of come down on the side of Bret. And he goes. Well, here we go. We're going to have a fight, you know, so that's what the show was finally last week. I, I wanted to prepare for it. I didn't just want to come in cold for something like that. I wanted to actually yeah. like have, you know, I wanted to have like my show notes and all this stuff. I wanted to have mm-hmm. all of my, you know, uh, feel like going wait. into some cold. I notice other people are a lot more chilled doing that. Well, but for some, well, like it this, actually depends. Actually, I just thought one of the true kind things I do. I don't do that at all. So yeah, I take that back. Well, and, and with our show, there's times where I do meticulously prepare for, and then there's times where I don't. I mean, like when we do our goat discussions, where we, you know we talk about you know where does this person stand, and, and you know we've done goat discussions about lots of people. Mm. Um, I want to make sure I have my facts right for that because I don't want to you know quote something incorrectly or you know. So for something like this, like Sam Punkin. Sorry, is CM Punk in the goat thing for you too? No. The goat category? He did not. Um, he, he, we would not. I don't think at this point we could do a, do a show with a straight face about CM Punk as a goat. Okay. His contributions are great, but he, I, I'm, I've just come to the opinion that he's just difficult to work with. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, things that's aren't thing, going yeah, his way definitely. all the time. And you can say that about a lot of people. I mean. I could see him going back to WWE though as well at the same time, totally. Even more so now. Just for I, the money. I don't get that sense. I, I just don't get that sense. I just don't see where he fits in anymore. Because no, no. He had, he had a golden opportunity here at AEW. Because when he when he first came on, and he was listing all the people he wanted to work with. And he did that send hook line, which I was you know running into the yeah. ground. Ask Isaac. I was running that line into the ground for like a month. To the point where they're like, would you please stop? We they, they've Hook dropped too. the ball on Hook, um, He had all these people he wanted to work with. And then he had to go and keep bringing up old wounds from like 12 years ago and stuff like that. And then, you know, take, you know, bad mouth the Bucks and Kenny and stuff like that. Whether it's deserved or not, you don't do it on the microphone. Yeah, the whole hangman thing, for example. That was so, like, that, it was really petty. Like, that was the first kind of inkling you had towards any of the backstage stuff going on. And, yeah, I mean, I looked at that, and you could see what, like, you could just see what it was straight away. And Not so fully, I, I obviously. really think WWE's in a spot where they're like, do we really need to bring him in? We're not hurting for talent. You know, we've got all these great storylines. We got things with Seth Rollins, and we got things with Finn Balor, and we got things with um, Roman and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, banger after banger after banger after banger. Um, I think that might be the reason why they can bring him back because they're not, they don't have to rely on him. So, like, because Nick Khan was very much like, you know, is the reason. Like, I don't think Triple H. I don't know. The whole better business thing, whether he would actually take on CM Punk, you know, just because he doesn't like him. Uh, but yeah, Nick I don't know where those two stand. Every mm. article I read about him going back to WWE, <laughs> excuse me, 
has that disclaimer in it. Like the two of them would have to work out whatever is still whatever bad blood there still is. But he, but, he would have like a very like you know um, like part time kind of thing more than anything like do yeah. the odd pay per view. He, he needs to. His body can't deal with it. That's one thing we have learned. Yeah, that was the problem too. Is I I, I started seeing like towards before all these you know aspersions were cast by him like some of the matches he would have he was winded and he was missing moves that used to be second nature for him mm. and you know not making good choices like the stage dives where he would injure himself and stuff like that it's like dude you can't be doing that anymore yeah it wasn't a good so, it wasn't a good call <laughs> no it really wasn't well thank you as always for joining us until we meet again this is Wrestling with Egos, the lean, mean, wrestle-talking machine, and discussions like tonight are another one of the reasons why we love professional wrestling. You can tell why I was extended. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>